Hello, and welcome to Marking Out with my girlfriend. This is my girlfriend, Erin. This is my girlfriend, Kat. And sometimes we forget that it's all a work. Intro music. And I did the <laughs> intro normally. And sometimes we forget that it's all a work. Just in case you want something to play with, Erin. It's a... Okay. Is, is Emma saying she wants me to play with her? Yes. Oh, uh, let's move on. blatantly steal a concept from um friend of the show jeff stormer and friend of the show aaron katano saez on their podcast all my fantasy children what's something that's bringing you joy this week something that's bringing me joy this week mm-hmm. you mean besides we're coming upon double or nothing yeah I mean, like, excitement for yeah, that, that counts, but that hasn't happened yet. I, I, I want to go with something concrete, less so than excitement about oh, something shit. that's going to happen. Hey, Aaron, <laughs> I can think of something that's new this week for you that is pretty exciting that you might want to talk about. Okay. That is the people can my light see. On? It's better if you turn your light on, yes. <laughs> what is this thing, Kat? Let us know. No, it's your it's your thing that you're excited about. Okay, because I can't friggin' remember. <laughs> I'm talking about your hair, Aaron, for fuck's sake. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I I colored and cut my hair. Isn't that it's pretty big? good? Yeah, that's exciting. <laughs> Normal people get excited about things like that. I'm not normal. I don't get excited about anything. <laughs> I don't care about that. I only care about Final Fantasy. <laughs> um, what about, have you done any painting or rebasing this week? <laughs> I'm asking okay. you leading questions. Yes, you are. Jeez. Yes, I rebased the uh, models for the crew of the Orem for our hey. sister show. They're behind me. <laughs> somewhere so for me the thing that i've been that show up at all it does a little bit another little reba the thing that i've been most excited about this week is um well i mean like i really enjoyed the bad batch this week i thought that was a good episode I like the continuity that we got because of that. Yes, that answers so many questions I didn't know I had. Including, why is Bim Fortuna such a Sleemo? Yeah. He's always been a Sleemo. This episode doesn't exactly explain why. (laughs) It just continues it. I just wanted to say Sleemo, okay? Um... So, I'm excited about the Bad Batch. I've been excited because I got to now, uh, not that languages have levels, but in Duolingo, I got to the fourth unit for Yiddish. 
It's been a while. I whistled on that. Got to the fourth unit on Yiddish. So you actually understood the intro song we had? <laughs> a pistol. Like, it's... I understood the intro song we had because it's Hungry Heart by Bruce Springsteen. And it's just a Bruce song that I know. That's entirely fair, actually, yeah. <laughs> like, I, I'm... As much as I am currently residing in Toronto, I am from New Jersey, and I cannot escape my love of Bruce Springsteen. Are you legally allowed to? No. That's why Molly okay. McCoy's music is Bruce. You know, like I just told Emma before the show, I don't know most indie wrestlers' entrance music. <laughs> I think Molly uses um, 10th Avenue Freeze Out. Because usually gets cut out of the videos I watch. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so anyway, now that we've talked about things that have us excited and we've got ourselves in a good mood, why don't we talk about something that's invariably going to anger us? Professional wrestling. I mean, I could jump you off on angering if you want. No, I don't know if you heard don't. some news this week. <laughs> uh, okay, I actually have some interesting news that I can bring up instead. In that we found out that AEW's moving next year. Where to, Aaron? They're going over to TBS. Very funny. <laughs> Another channel that does actually have a history of professional wrestling broadcasting. Um, I, I will note that very funny, at least at one point, was the slogan for TBS. I, yeah. Just Is that when they had the monkey show? Uh, I think that might have been that that era where they did a lot of Big Bang Theory reruns and then oh, okay. had Conan on right after, like, four hours of Big Bang Theory. <laughs> now, that's, a, that's a lot. Admittedly, I watched TBS during that. Yes, they did have Everybody Loves Raymond. Oh, jeez. Which... Waiting for an AEW streaming service. Yeah, that would be nice. We haven't, um... Like... You could theoretically use a VPN? You know, in theory, they do work on Fight pretty regularly. You just have to find a country like, um... Ireland that, uh, allows you to do international viewing. Yeah, so, you know... This is all theory... You know, not practiced, so I'm not endorsing anything. No, certainly not. Um, so anyway. <laughs> definitely no endorsements there, TK. Don't sue us. On a completely unrelated note, if NordVPN wants to sponsor us. <laughs> yeah, no, hey, NordVPN. Um... I, I do actually need my VPN to work, because I have other uses for it. <laughs> yeah, I specifically mostly have been using Aaron's VPN to watch um <clears throat> Supernatural um American Netflix I mean yeah you're from America that's totally fine is it probably if that's in the constitution right you're encouraging me to watch Supernatural Life Liberty and Netflix Life, liberty, and watching Supernatural internationally, despite the fact that it's not licensed for broadcasting Canada. Despite being made here. 
filmed here. I'm sure the editing studio is here too. Freedom <laughs> means being able to watch your shitty Tumblr show from 2010. <laughs> or whenever it started. Ugh. <laughs> okay. Nobody make fun of Destiel. That's a very serious and important ship. And I've had to hear about it for the past two weeks. It's been more than two weeks. I only remember the past two weeks. So. So we were saying. We were actually briefly talking about wrestling before we got off on the topic of Supernatural. So yeah, AEW's moving to TBS in January. And they're taking both Dynamite and the new one-hour Friday show that's debuting in August with them. Yes, now, what time is that one-hour Friday show on? I believe it's 10 o'clock. Oh. The death time slot. <laughs> you know what? It's right after SmackDown. It's basic cable on a Friday night at 10 p.m. You could not have a worse combination for the success of a television show. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna counterpoint here. It's right after SmackDown, so all the people addicted to wrestling are going to tune into it. It's one hour, so it only goes to eleven. So you're fine to go to the bars right afterwards. And three, if you're not already out. I, I got nothing for three. It's it's mostly I think it's mostly reliant on a transference of SmackDown audience. Definitely, that, that definitely seems to be the plan. What they're really hoping for. I hope it works. I don't know that it yep. will. I'll be watching, but I have no life on Friday nights. Other than this <laughs> and us playing Quest. Yep, those are my Friday nights. I am old. <laughs> Uh, that's not true. You also order food on Friday nights, right? I order food most of the week, to be honest. Oh, that's fair. It's pretty bad. I, Emily and I have a thing going on where we only order food on Friday nights. Or, like, or we order food max once a week. Mm -hmm. Usually it's Friday night. We did again yeah. tonight. We got, um, like a Middle Eastern food, falafel, hummus... Some chavla? Not from the place we went to before, right? No. That's okay. too far away. That's like a cross I'd be upset then that I, that I was missing it. We got like a lot of... Look, I'm reconnecting with my roots, and that happens to mean that I really want falafel and hummus. <laughs> okay, but you always want falafel and hummus. Okay, but more so than normal. Okay. <laughs> no, no, no gyro in this house. <laughs> no. <laughs> we at you, you will not have you will not find a euro anywhere around here. Maybe a sabik, but no euros. The joys of an entire oh well, okay of three quarters of a polycule being <laughs> vegan. <laughs> oh um, yeah that that was okay. Yeah no, that that's what you were going for. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. I was going for the meat thing, not anything else. I follow. <laughs> also, is it three quarters of our polycule? It, it's three quarters of the danger square, yeah. which is a polycule of itself and part of a larger polycule. 
Okay, I follow. Yeah. I like Mediterranean food in the summer because what I always get it from is multiple kinds of cold salad. Ooh, yes, 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 yes. We got, um, along with the hummus, we got some pita, we got falafel. This place has some really nice tofu. And they just throw tahini at you. Nice. Like, because they're specifically predominantly a place that makes tahini. Like, they grind their own tahini, they grind their own sesame seeds in-house. Which is really neat. Anyway, wrestling! So yeah, tonight they're actually going to be testing out that 10 o'clock time slot. They've definitely done a Friday 10 o'clock time slot before. Yeah, but now they actually have a plan to do another one, so I'm counting as a test. Okay, that's fair. Because they did one for basketball reasons last year, I think. Yeah, and then I think it's hockey reasons this year. I forget who was playing on Wednesday. It was probably hockey reasons. Yeah. Um... So we've got Dynamite tonight, which is the second part of our show. So what we're going to be doing, just to explain to listeners, because those of you who are not watching live probably won't get the second half of the show. I don't know if you want to edit all that, Aaron. I don't think it would make much sense to. No, I agree. It would kind of have to be done in real time, and then you'd line it up. Yeah. Yeah. But... Maybe I'll throw it up on the Patreon or something. Maybe. So the plan is to do this show for our normal length of time hour and a half two hours take an hour off and then watch aew dynamite live with all of you if you're around and want to watch with us by which we mean we'll have it on and we'll be reacting to it but we definitely can't show you it oh no 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 (laughs) mr khan would not like that so if you want to be able to if you want to watch aew dynamite and join us for our live reactions and reactions only We'll be here at 10 o'clock. Um, I will probably be at least a little bit zooted. I will definitely be on a second drink. And we agreed it's gonna be a very casual stream. Yeah, you're gonna get you're gonna get very unfiltered us talking about wrestling. Yeah, you, you want reactions? We have reactions. <laughs> um, you'll get a couple of oohs and ahs and a couple of Oh, fucks when somebody gets dropped on their head or something. But anyway, okay. It'll be fun. Yes. On to what we're here to really talk about, which is, I think, Double or Nothing. So do we want to run down the card for this year's Double or Nothing? For this year's? Yeah, we totally can. Because we had more matches added this week. Mm-hmm. And that we're actually going to have on the pre-show, Serena Deeb and Riho. For the NWA Women's Championship. So yes, Serena Deeb versus Riho for NWA Women's Championship is a really interesting match. Like, I wouldn't. They met during the during the women's title. They did tournament. Yeah. Okay. I just That's what I thought. I don't think. I mean, like, it's first of all, it's a pre-show match. You yeah. generally don't have a title change hands on the pre-show, right? No. Unless you have no other titles planned to change hands. Hmm, that could set the night then. <laughs> but no, I don't think we're going to see the NWA women's title change hands. Specifically because Serena Deeb is signed with NWA. Riho is not. Yeah. That's kind of a big thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, Our next match 
is a three-way for the AEW World Championship. Mm-hmm. That is Kennifer Omega with Don Callis versus Orange and Pack. Now, this could actually turn into a one-on-one, depending how tonight goes. Because Orange Cassie was offered the chance to defer his his match against oh. Keddy to a different date last week. So tonight, he's actually going to have a reaction to that. So we'll hear from Orange Cassidy on his challenge to Kenny Omega. Interesting. In, in theory, it involves Kenny, so he won't shut up through the whole thing. Of course. <laughs> uh, then we have the singles match for the AEW Women's World Championship. So we are getting two women's matches. Just one of them is the pre-show. Uh, okay. Normally, that would really bug me, but this match was literally added this week. So it's like... Yeah, no, it it kind of makes sense. Yeah. So they've we've, had the card settle for a while. We've got Hikaru Shida versus Dr. Britt Baker. BMD. BMD. With Reba. <laughs> uh for the AEW Women's World Championship. I think this one's going to be an interesting match because Shida's currently the longest running mm-hmm. champion in AEW history. Yeah, and she's been integral to the women's division during the like pandemic her, era. Oh, yeah, no, she has been a huge draw for the women's division. She is the reason why we had those, like, we had Ryo Mizunami, we had Maki Ito, we had, yep. uh, like, uh, Mesa Ruga of the Best Friends, or the Best Bros, rather. Best Bros, yep. Best Friends is a different team. Best Friends and Best Bros <laughs> should get together, though. That would be a great match. <laughs> Either of okay, so who who would who would wrestle that? Would it be Chuck and Statlander, or would it be Orange and Stat? Oh, I think Orange and Statlander would be a lot more of the Choco Pro vibe. Okay, so we have Orange and Stat versus Bali and Anki and Mesuruga. Yep, <laughs> I could. That's a good fantasy booking because I think they could work really well together. I would definitely like to have Orange at least in the Choco Pro room, just to tell them they're all being just too loud. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Orange and Stat have that like ship dynamic going on. Yeah, a little bit. Even though, pretty, it, like, which is a wholly in character thing, which is kind of neat for AEW. Like, I know, like WWE also obviously has a storied history of doing in-character romance that is not Mm out-of-character romance. Yeah, AEW's tried a couple times now. Specifically with uh, Avalon and Leva Bates. Oh, yeah, yeah, I guess that's going on, too. Like, it's... It shows up more in BTE. Than it does anywhere else. Yeah. And you know what? I'm fine with that. And I'm fine with, like, cute little shippy things happening behind the scenes Mm -hmm. that are just character stuff, you know? Yeah. Oh, and yeah, it... there was Ali and QT, but that was more of, like, a manipulation thing. Like, Yeah, that, that was 100% manipulation. Great storyline. Right. It, it works well because it was blatant manipulation rather than yeah. it being, like, just... It would make an intergender between the two look way more interesting, too. I really think that they should fucking let 
people do intergender matches if they want to. Obviously, Stat has wrestled intergender matches. Orange has wrestled... It. Most of their indie people have wrestled intergender. And, like, it's just Cody and his dumb old-world hang-ups. Speaking of which... And supposedly TNT as well. If you b believe the forced rumors they've put out on Twitter yeah, some days. No, it's Cody. It's it's entirely Chody loads. Uh, yeah, there's a there's definitely an element of old boys club going on with like what what Cody represents to a degree. He's, he's very much the corporate face. <laughs> right. Like obviously we've had Kenny wrestle intergender matches too. Like you know, like it's not like it's unheard of. Yeah, uh, they they did that match of Omega and Rio taking on Kip Sabian and Penelope Ford on the cruise line. Yeah, no, and that was a phenomenal match. Like, I wish they had done more with that. Hopefully, someday still. Yeah. Uh, so following the AEW Women's World Championship. We have the, um, what are we calling this one? The, the Battle for the Atlantic or something like that? <laughs> the Battle of Good Promo versus Workshop Screened for TV promo. Screened for TV <laughs> in an attempt to make it a new Dusty Rhodes promo. Oh, goodness. Cody's, yeah, that's a bit of news. Cody's whole, um, America First promo, I guess is what we'll call it. Cody's Make America Great Again promo. Ugh. 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 Uh, so we have Cody Rhodes with Arn Double A Anderson and Anthony Agogo with QT Marshall, Nick Comoroto, and Aaron Solo. So the Billing is booked to look like Cody's supposed to be the hero, but I don't think anyone is on his side right now. Yeah, not anyone not American is not on his side. Okay, I am American. <laughs> I'm not on even, Cody's side. And even then, half the Americans aren't on Cody's anyone side. Anyone who's not like an American flag waving, like hate all foreigners kind of xenophobe. Sunglasses in a truck. Sunglasses in a pickup truck as your Twitter <laughs> profile picture kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. I'm actually really curious about this one. Because on paper, a go-go definitely has to go over. Yeah. Like, this is his third televised match. Mm-hmm. He, he has to go over on this one, otherwise it's a failed heel. This isn't Wardlow or Miro or any of those big guys where they're just intimidating by themselves. Ogogo has to go out and show himself on this one. Yeah, so we've talked about this before on this show. And, like, the way that Cody very much is the corporate man. Cody mm -hmm. does all of the stuff that no one else wants to do because Cody is, in a sense, a little bit in it for the fame. Yeah. Which, like, you know, of respect to him, if that's what he wants to do, and this is something that gives him joy, he should absolutely do it. 
but yeah, it's... he can totally have the matches with Shaq and yeah, it's just to a TV show. I'd like to have a bit more. I don't know. I'd like to have heal Cody back. Not that I want all of the elite to be heels again, but I'd like a yeah. little bit more heel Cody where he was like deliberately sowing division between him, between like the Young Bucks and Kenny and stuff like that. That said, from what I hear, the Cody side of the EVPs and the elite side of the EVPs are kind of on different pages with what they want from the company. I don't know. I'm not back there. I can't comment. Those are the rumors. Yep. That's all we have to work with. And yeah, so if if that is the case, and I hope it's not because I would like them to all still be willing to work together and, you know, not have AEW implode. Because the executive vice presidents can't agree on anything and they start fighting and they start counterbooking each other and it starts being a shit show. And the thing is, they've always kind of had that where each of them has different things that they enjoy and excel at in wrestling. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they find a balance for it through Tony Khan. Absolutely. And like, it, it, you know, we have those like Cody matches that are it, not to disparage Cody in the slightest because Cody has in his time with AEW put on some of the most incredible matches we've been able to watch. Like, I just want to like thinking back to his match versus MJF, thinking back to that first double or nothing three years ago with his match versus Dustin. Oh, geez. Yeah. Cody has in a sense built the first like year and a half of AEW yep. with his stories and things like that. The dog collar match with Brody Lee's another fucking classic. It was also very kinky. Yes. I'm <laughs> not complaining. Um <laughs> the thing the thing is like right now the story focus is very much away from Cody. And, you know, that's fine. He went off and did his Yeah, TV I mean, show. like, the story focus was away from Kenny Omega for a while, too, right? Like, it was yeah. away from the Young Bucks for a while. Everything needs to have a level of, like, you know, there's got to be some balance to it. When someone steps forward, someone has to step back a little bit. So maybe Cody's program isn't the best, there's a couple of things that I would do differently or would do in ring on Sunday night to make changes to that. But, like, you know, it's fine how it is. Exactly. You're, you're kind of giving people... You're a, not running them into the ground. Exactly. You're giving them time to step back, recover, you know, just like work off the wear and tear, because there's a lot of wear and tear. Oh, yeah. And that's one of the things I've loved about AEW since the start, is they have one weekly show, and then they have Darkest World to showcase other talent, but, like, you're not doing six days a week. You're not going coast-to-coast coast every day. Mm-hmm. You're, you're actually able to keep up on yourself. Right, and... You that that is a good point. It it is one of AEW's mission statements was to be a company that worked for the wrestlers rather than for itself. 
mm-hmm. to to some degree. And, and like it's a company, it's still looking for profitability. But at the same time, the schedule is nowhere near as strenuous as some of the other schedules that people have to keep. Like if yeah. you're able to if you just have to come to Jacksonville once a week, that's a lot easier than people you, know, you come to Jacksonville once a week, you maybe wrestle two, three matches. If that. Yep. Shoot a promo, do someone's vlog video. If you're doing if you're working in the indies to make anywhere near what you would make at AEW, like you'd absolutely have to be doing like three matches in a day every Saturday. Yeah. And like that means you have to do a match, drive, do a match, drive. Now, of course, you get people like Joey Janela who still do that. Yeah, well, Janela just has nothing more interesting going on in his life, I guess. He likes getting into a ring. <laughs> he lo- the man loves himself a ring, and he likes being able to do the things he can't do in AEW outside of AEW. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, my feeling is that the way that you make this whole feud with Cody and Anthony Agogo work is having a Cody heel turn during this match. Like a mid-match heel turn. Okay. Do, do they just go to a no contest then? No, I think Anthony Agogo has to go over. Okay. And it turns out that it was a bait and switch and that Quality Time Marshall and his whole weird group of... What are they calling themselves now? The Factory. The Factory. Yeah. So it turns out that Cody was the bad guy the whole time, not QT. And Cody was just playing with public perception and the fact that he knows the crowd loves him. He's using that to get away with nefarious things and blah blah blah. And then everyone boos Cody. And everyone cheers for the British bullet punch man. Everyone Uh, cheer for one punch man. That punch though. Holy shit. Yeah. (laughs) That is scary looking. Um, So our next match on the card... Unless you have more things you want to say about Cody. Uh, not till we come back and do predictions. Our next match on the card is the Casino Battle Royale for the future AEW World Championship match. So, in this match, we have Christian. We have Matt Seidel. We have Will Hobbs. We have Penta L0M. We have Jungle Boy. We have a Big Money Matt Hardy. We have Mark Quinn, Isaiah Cassidy, The Blade, Evil Uno, Colt Cabana, Preston Vance, aka Number 10, Who the Fuck Is Griff Garrison, Brian Pillman Jr., uh, both of the acclaimed, QT Marshall, Nick Comoroto, Dustin Rhodes, Lee Johnson, and Tubba. There's 21 people in this match. I, I forget how big a Casino Battle Royale is every time. Yeah, because it's a blackjack thing. Is it yeah. a double or nothing theme? Um, so, Tubba. Who do we think Tubba is? Oh, okay. I have so many thoughts on this. I know. I shared some with you. So, like, Pie in the Sky would be Nick Gage. 
I think he was originally supposed to have wrestled Cody for the uh, TNT Championship during the Open Challenge, but got yep. injured during that Beyond show that we watched. Yeah. Where he was wrestling as part of Murder, Depp, and Kill. I can't believe Tony Depp got away with that. <laughs> yeah, no, like, I would love to see Nick Gage, especially since they did the uh, Dark Side of the Ring special just a couple weeks ago. Mm -hmm. So he's really on even non-Deathmatch fans' minds right now. Right. Although a lot of, okay, a lot of death, a lot of non-Deathmatch fans think that he's no talent. And like blah blah blah, he doesn't have any talent. He's no. just a deathmatch guy. Fuck those people. Well, that's what he'll say about Mox. What's your point? <laughs> I mean, like it's just like, or like they they refer to his past trouble with the law or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, like the dude's had a rough time. Yeah, he's had a rough life. But you know what? MDK all fucking day. Nope. This is still a guy who says trans rights. There's still guys who wants to slap the taste out of Netanyahu's mouth. <laughs> he's a genuinely good guy who's just a little violent and has had some trouble in his past and has moved past that. You know, like yeah. I, I don't see any reason to do anything other than celebrate the fact that he's here and we get to watch one of the greatest deathmatch wrestlers of all time yeah perform live so oh totally nick, nick now, the fucking thing gage. is sorry go ahead aaron if it is nick gage i would think like that's not going to be a usual appearance for uh aw because i don't know how well he'll play on weekly tv he will thing. not is the thing so like you can keep on a rope for a day or two you know even chikara did that mm-hmm I don't know if you could do it weekly. <laughs> no. Um, and, like, that's fair. That's the thing, though. Like, so, Nick Cage does have that dark side of the ring going for him. Now, uh, we've talked about this a little bit, right? Like, how he's a man of the people is what I want. I just, that's, that's the thing that, like, yeah. sure, the wrestling critics don't like him, but, like, who the fuck cares about what some annoying old cuckold thinks about it? It's only funny because it's very pointed. <laughs> yeah. So, like, who cares? Now, the one thing that I... Like, one of the things that kind of... is important is... I think we should look back at past Casino Battle Royales. Okay. Right? So, like, if we look at the Casino Battle Royale from Double or Nothing 2019, All Out 2020... We can kind of get a vibe for what kind of introductions they're doing in these matches, right? So, like, the Casino Battle Royale at the first Double or Nothing was basically, if I recall, a kind of, like, everyone comes, like, basically hire as many indie guys as we can get. And we'll see yeah. what cream rises to the top. Yep. And there's a lot of people who actually are still there. Which is where, <laughs> surprisingly. Yeah, we got, um, we got, like, we got Sammy Guevara. You know, Sammy Guevara had the match against Kip Sabian. But we got uh, Orange Cassidy was one of the people in that match, right? Yeah, Orange Cassidy was entrant number 22. 
It wasn't uh, actually in the match. He just showed up. Yeah. Tommy Dreamer was there. Glacier was there. Uh, we got Sonny Kiss. We got Marco Stunt. This match was where we got um, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus together. That's where yep. Jurassic Express comes from. Um, Ace Romero, both of I, 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 Mark Quinn and Isaiah Cassidy. So we also got both parts of Private Party kind of mm -hmm. making their debut there. Um, Billy Gunn, Sean Spears. That was Brian Pillman Jr.'s first appearance in AEW, too. Yeah, I was actually kind of surprised that he didn't come back immediately after that. Yeah, I'm glad he's. I'm glad he's with the Varsity Blondes now, though. Like they've. Yeah, that's a very good team. Yeah, they've grown on me. Uh, we had Michael Naka Naka Naga Zawa, um, Brandon Cutler. Yo, no one knew who he was. Mm -hmm. <laughs> now we can't live without him. And then Hangman went over. MJF for the yep. first challenge to whoever won the belt. And that final interaction of Hangman Page and MJF was such a great solidifying of both their personalities. Absolutely. Because you had MJF who tried to do, like, sneak in and get the toss over real quick because he's a heel and gross like that. Mm -hmm. And page outsmarting him and it's like okay i want to see where these two go yeah so like that really didn't have much of a big introduction right yeah uh the casino battle royale for all out was matt seidel as the secret guest yep where nakazawa messed with the ring yep um but where and also probably where Will Hobbs got his job. Yes, because after Seidel fell off, he covered him immediately and made sure yeah, he was like okay. He, he worked with him and protected him and made sure that he wasn't injured, which was like, okay, that's a safe worker. We want him around. Yeah, no, that that'll that's the stuff that'll get you noticed and on a payroll, apparently. Yeah, no, I like you know what, good. If that's 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 the kind that's the kind of like you know like we we talk about in hockey a lot the code right like someone someone injures one of your guys you take his number down and you fight him later on yep wrestling kind of also operates on that code and there are instances like this where the code is good and makes sense and is helpful yeah Right? Like, if you see someone injure themselves, cover them, make sure they're okay. And... Oh, Willie Hobbs is from your area? That's so cool. Yeah, that is very cool. Sorry, I broke your train of thought there. No, no, no. I'm just saying, like, it's a good thing to set a precedent that if you demonstrate yourself to be a safe worker who looks out for their opponent, mm -hmm. That you will get a job or you will be looked on favorably. It sets a good precedent going forward because it encourages people to be safe workers. Yep. You know, I think that's good. Um, there's definitely been other pay-per-views that have had, like, big introductions of new wrestlers. We got um, Egon, All Ego, Ethan Page. 
yeah, he was at Full Gear last year, I believe, or Revolution. He was at Revolution as part yes. of the um, the the Sonic the Hedgehog match. <laughs> yep. Um, and I called that one. So you, you got to take Egon. my prediction here with uh, not a whole lot of salt because it's probably going to be right. So who who else? We we had the introduction of Brian Cage at one of these things too. Yeah, where he came in and steamrolled everything, even mm -hmm. after being beaten down. We also got Orange Cassidy reaching with the fallen ladder. Yes. <laughs> um. So yeah, no, like there've been so. In effect, what I want to like, what I'm kind of trying to get at is that usually the TBA is someone who's like middle level exciting. Mm -hmm. That you're okay with throwing in a 21 man match where they're not going to get a lot of time. Yeah. But and not. They probably won't win. <laughs> Maybe. But also not someone who's like unheard of and it's going to be like, well, why was that the TBA? You know, like you don't want to feel disappointed by the special announcement for the wild card, right? Yeah. Like if the wild card was fucking Dustin, I'd be like, come on. Really? Yeah. So like for this. To be clear, when know. I say Dustin, I do not mean Chuck Taylor. No, we definitely pop for him but also it seems like aw wants to do their like bigger reveals as their own segment right yeah so, like when cage was signed right or like when um you know miro shows up or yep. when i'm trying to think of like their big i mean like Brody lee matt hardy yeah that Brody Lee reveal is still so cool. I miss him. Anyway, um, yeah. so my thought is that it's either going to be someone from an established like brand who was recently let go and mm -hmm. is able to currently work, or it's going to be someone who's relatively well known from the indies. Now the only person who the WWE has who is not currently under contract with WWE that can wrestle is Brian Danielson. Non Andrade. And Andrade. I guess it isn't Andrade with uh Triple A right now though. Yeah, he's doing a whole other thing so he's probably not to be considered. It could also be Eric Eric Rowan. Eric Redbeard would be really cool. Um, that would be a that would be a kind of nice circle back to that. I, that, yeah, <laughs> Chris Jericho completely ignoring copyright. <laughs> like... Eric Rowan, Eric Redbeard, Eric Rowan. <laughs> Big Red. Uh, it's... Uh, I still can't go back and watch that episode. I can't. I did. I cry every single time. Yeah. Uh, so, my theory is that it would need to be someone who's well-known, good, and currently able to work for AEW, but not so good 
that they should have a draw of their own. That, to my mind, eliminates Brian Danielson from being the TBA. Okay. My guess is that the TBA is Lee Moriarty. I would definitely be happy with a Lee Moriarty show up. Because who else? It's so, like, Lee Moriarty has that clout. He's the best wrestler in the indies. Was. But he also dropped the title, like, right after picking it up. Mm-hmm. And what reason could that be other than maybe signing with a company? Because there's no reason to give him a 15-day title reign or whatever the fuck it was. It wasn't too long, though. Unless... It's mainly just time between shows. Yeah, unless it's, like, going to someone. Or, like, he's going somewhere. Like, you know, giving it to Wheeler Yuta isn't exactly the kind of thing you'd expect after a month of holding the title. Mm Mm-hmm. That's Although what still that match was amazing. Everyone should still go watch it. Yes, absolutely. But like <laughs> it's the sort of thing where either he's booked to get the belt back sometime soon as like a sort of um kind of like realization that he wasn't taking things seriously as champion and he needs to start like acting like a champion and holding himself, carrying himself like a champion rather than being entitled about it, blah, blah, blah. Then it's a redemption arc. Yeah. But I don't think that's what they're doing. And I think the, like, specific thing that's going to be happening here is, it's, there's, because, like, I, I just can't think of anyone else out there who's, A, still in, like, who's A, still working in ring shape and everything like that, and B, is the right level of famous, you know? Mm-hmm. So it, it, it's, a, it, it, it's definitely variable. I Were it July, I would say there's a strong chance it's Samoa Joe. Yeah. I, I definitely expect to see him at least passing around AEW, but still too soon. Yeah, he he's 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 on his three month, three months Sabbatical. of of WWE enforced. Don't make any money. Yeah. So, I've been thinking about this all day now. Okay. And checking different forms and everything, and it, a lot of people do want to see Brian Danielson. But I definitely think he's going to take the route of actually being a father for a while. Because he has a young kid. He wants to spend time with them. I get it. So I don't think it's going to be Daniel Bryanson. Then I remembered that New Japan show for tomorrow night has been canceled. And it was canceled a few weeks ago. So who do you think it might be from New Japan if it's anyone from New Japan? Oh. The hope would be Abushi. <clears throat> just because so, just I want to see Abushi in AEW. <laughs> okay, so if it is Kota Abushi, he then has Kota to Ibushi, win, right? And he wins, he faces Kenny, and Kenny finally gets a win over him. 
I don't know if it is Coda though, because that might be too big of a reveal. Yeah. So another one, and yeah, I, I see pointing out Shingo is a good one, but maybe a different Lij member in Naito. Naito Kenny would be an amazing match, but if it's anyone but Abushi, I have to go Cage to win. So okay. it wouldn't be Naito winning. It would it would be a show up, do a few shows, and then go home. Wait, Christian or Brian? No, Brian's in the next match. Never mind. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Christian Cage, not Brian Cage. Okay, just, no relation. <laughs> just call him Christian because that's what we all know him as. Yes. <laughs> God, I hate all these names. Why do they choose the same last names? <laughs> yeah, like that Brian Pillman Jr. Very similar name to another guy from back in the day. That's not what I mean, you know it. <laughs> I know it's not, but I did it anyway. <laughs> so yes, I, I have to hedge my bet here a little bit. If Abushi shows up, he's winning. If anyone else shows up, Christian is winning. My actual guess is Naito. Do you know that you can buy sculptures of Naito? Yes, I kind of want one. <laughs> Specifically, you can buy one of him doing this gesture, but it's yep. only his hand. Yep. <laughs> and um, and there's one of his fists too. Yeah, so you can get fisted by Naito, or you can like get a clit rub down by Naito. Shit, I gotta order one now. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> um. Now, of course, saying that any LIJ member showing up would be Huge. awesome. It's like... Because that's my squad. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think of, like, who... Because there's there's also the fact that there's talks with New Japan and, AE, and, and WWE signing an exclusive thing. So, like, how much are they going to risk that by sending over wrestlers, especially someone as big as Naito? Well, the thing is, those talks have been going on for about three months now. And in that time, they've still sent over Finn Juice and... But Finn Juice and have gone to... Has... They've all gone to Impact. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, though. It's like, WWE wants an exclusive thing. Right. But they're still working directly with Impact with Finn Juice and... My thought is that they probably... WWE says yes, because I don't see Impact as as big of a threat. I honestly don't expect anything to come from talks between WWE and New Japan simply because it would just be toxic and cut off the relationships that are already being formed with everyone else in the world. Yeah. No, I think it's I think that's it's a fair point. Uh yeah, Paul White is doing commentary for the uh, Battle Royal match, and he could be the entrant. I doubt it, though. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think. Maybe. I don't know. I to me that would feel weird. Yeah, because I thought he signed as like a non-ring talent. He does have a record on his profile, on the AW site. So interesting. At some point, he will do matches. I don't think he's getting in on this one. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Um, 
And one last point on the WWE and JPW thing is on what culture today. They had a 17-minute video on it. And on there, they made a really good point of just how different the product is between those two companies. So Absolutely. Even on a talent level, it doesn't benefit either of them. WWE has a multi-million dollar setup to make you into a WWE wrestler. Yeah. And New Japan has their own very specific strong style that the WWE guys might not fit into. A couple of them would. Like, Reigns and Sheamus definitely could. But you're not going to get the Miz in there. No. No. Um... Just Nakamura, obviously, would work for strong style. Um, well, yes. While we're on the subject of WWE, um, just as a brief aside, do you want to say that I, we didn't talk about this, I don't think, but I'm very proud of Bray Wyatt for taking some time for himself to make sure that he's okay mentally before mm-hmm. he goes back to the ring. Yes. And we wish him the absolute best because by all accounts he's a real sweetheart who just you know i honestly love the bray wise but i can tell it's it's him behind it not a team of corporate writers right he's got a very very strong creative vision and i just i wish him absolutely all of the best Mm -hmm. so your prediction is naito my yes. prediction is Lee Moriarty. Both I would not be upset with. No, both of those <laughs> would be very good. So our next match is Hangman Adam Page versus Brian Cage, the other Cage, with Team Taz. Page and Cage in so, a cage. They're not in a cage. They're or, not in a cage. Or on a page. <laughs> That said, this is a continuation of the whole Dark Order Team Taz thing that's going on. Uh, yeah, a, a little bit with that. Um, a little bit more Paige and Bryant have their own storyline after the last time they had a match. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where Paige was jumped before the match by all of Team Taz. And then still, even then, almost kind of beat with Paige in that match. So... I think it's going to be really cool. Hangman's been knocked off the rankings right now. Cage is in the fifth spot, so this is a really good start to his climb back. Yes. And I, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be amazing. The first one was amazing, and yeah. No, I'm just very... I, I'm hopeful for Hangman's program going forward, because I think... Oh, yeah. They've let that whole... Hangman and uh, Kenny thing simmer for a while. Yeah, it's been in the background now. You know, it's there, but it's not on anyone's mind. No, it's... That's the thing that I really like about the way AEW does their stories, is that they can let things simmer and, like, you know, put it off on the back burner and have it just out of sight. Still going on, but just out of sight. Mm Mm-hmm. So hopefully we get that redemption for Hangman and that emotional, like, 
devastation for Kenny. He's not a twink, but I, the thing that comes to mind is I want that twink d taken out. Oh, <laughs> uh, or I want that twink destroyed, or whatever the saying is. Oh God. Um. Uh, yeah, like I, I'm hopeful for the program for Hangman. I'm hopeful for the program for Brian Cage because he's had mm. that little tinge of not complete loyalty to Team Taz that I really like. Yeah, there's definitely some cracks showing there. Mm -hmm. He's bigger than Taz. You know, he doesn't need him. Yes, so tonight, I believe Miro has a match with Dante Martin. Yep. So the match that's after Hangman and Cage is Miro or Dante Martin. <laughs> So Miro versus Lance yeah. Archer with Jake Roberts. Miro's going to crack him in half, so yeah. <laughs> I love watching Dante Martin. He's amazing. He He's like a character. I've seen him glitch out of people, so. <laughs> but, but yeah, it's going to be Miro. Miro just got the title. There's no way he's dropping it this this quickly. Absolutely not. Unless... Yeah, I guess they probably don't want to give it to Lance Archer right away, but I think Lance Archer would make a good champion. Oh yeah, definitely. Especially babyface Lance Archer, mm -hmm. but we did just have a pretty long-reigning babyface, so... True. We're gonna have a monster heel for a while. Um, then we have the second annual Stadium Stampede match. <laughs> With higher stakes than last yes, time. Yes, this one's in Apuesta. If the Inner Circle lose, they must disband as a team forever. Mm-hmm. Um, that'll be exciting because it's the Pinnacle versus the Inner Circle, and I just like watching two assholes beat each other up. There's a comment in there, but I'm not gonna make it. <laughs> uh, that said, I am Team Pinnacle. Yeah, I've got to go Pinnacle on this one. I, this is not my prediction. I'm just rooting for them. I'm rooting for three-fifths of the Inner Circle. <laughs> I am rooting for the Pinnacle out of solidarity with MJF. Just like I'm rooting for Colt Cabana. Yep. No, this makes sense. Uh, but that's it. I think the I think they have the inner circle break up here. Oh yeah, like the inner circle's been a staple since Dynamite started. Yep. Like literally episode one. And you know, they carried it for a while, but there's a new heel faction. And they're even more reviled. Oh yeah. And the inner circle doesn't work as a face group. No. And also, I can't wait to see Sammy and Powerful out on their own again. Yeah, Santana and Ortiz haven't exactly had a lot of matches. And I like watching Proud and Powerful wrestle. Mm-hmm. Um, so then our next match is Sting and Darby versus Scorpio Sky and Egon. Yeah, this is this going to be a hard one to watch. They're going to get kind of brutal, I think. Yeah. You think the Dark Order comes and helps Sting? No, it's a pay-per-view. 
Dark Order is not going to get involved. We'll see. But I think Paige and Sky are the ones on the way up right now. Absolutely. I think we actually get a Sting and Darby feud out of this. Oh, interesting. Yeah, little miscommunication, a little bit in the way, you know. Well, is is the is this match pre-taped or are they wrestling that one in ring? This one's gonna be live. Neat. This is gonna be Sting's first live match in six years. Neat. So then we'll see we see how have, it goes. Then we have the match that I'm most excited for. I'm excited for all of these, but I'm most excited to watch uh, Matt and Nick Buck get their shit kicked out of them by Mox <laughs> and Kingston. Yep. Yep. And I'll be honest, Mox and Kingston have to go over here. You really think so? Okay, look at the title picture situation. You have a heel world champion. Mm -hmm. You have a heel women's champion. You have a heel TNT champion. You need a babyface team you to win this. You have a heel FTW champion. Oh yeah, that's the only belt not being... It's because you don't challenge for the FTW belt. You just get given it by Taz. I actually tweeted that out a couple of days ago. It's like, hey, Taz, Cage, only belt not on the line. You want to fix that? <laughs> so you think Mox and Kingston take the belts from the Bucks? I think they do, because it's going to be a very skewed title picture otherwise. Mm -hmm. And there's really no, like, tag team in AEW that has that same, like, kind of clout right now, eh? Like, you're not going to put the not at, belt not the on the picture. best friends right now. No. Best friends do, like, their mid-card feuds and are amazing with them. Right. But I don't think they... I don't... Like... I don't know that they've built anyone up enough for it to be anyone but Mox and Kingston. Well, they had with SCU and their whole Apuesta thing going yeah, on. Yeah, I'm sorry. I love you. Oh, it was an awesome match, and I'm so sad. <laughs> so is Christopher Daniels. Man, I fucking cried during that BTE. Oh my god, yes, seriously. <laughs> How dare he? No, you know what? I, I love Christopher Daniels for that, because it felt very real. Mm-hmm. Maybe he, like, he, he, there's a strong, maybe it's, like, planned, but maybe he got backstage and was like, get me a fucking camera, I want to talk. Yeah, no, totally. So, and yeah, you bring that up, I I'm thinking now, it's like, they haven't really built anyone up during the Bucks' reign. And I think that's on purpose. Mm-hmm. Like, an intentional not building up of tag teams while the Bucks are the champions. Because they're assholes and can book the shows. Yes. So it's that little extra layer in there. So I think we get Mox and Kingston back in there and we start working up some teams. Interesting. That would be fun. Oh, yeah. Especially if Proud and Powerful are, are free now. Yeah, and then you can have... 
I mean, like, I, I, I don't think the Sight Owls ever hold the belt. No, uh, Jungle Express, maybe. Yeah, Lucha, Lucha Express. Because the thing with Mox and Kingston is, yeah, they're working pretty good as a tag team. They're still two singles wrestlers. So, in theory, a proper tag team should be able to take them out down the road. Yeah. Not now. We're not counting now. This is story. We don't count now. <laughs> so you could have someone like Jurassic Express or Proud and Powerful or maybe even um, FTR who can step in then and exactly. beat them. Exactly. Uh, so, Aaron, I think we called Jurassic Express three different names in that sequence and only one time oh. got it right. We called it Jungle Express. I called it Lucha Express. And then we finally got back to Jurassic Express. So I'm really looking forward to a boy and his dad for having the titles. We're looking forward to Disney Pixar's The Last Dinosaur having the title. <laughs> We're looking forward to Disney's Animal Kingdom featuring Dinosaur. Isn't that the Universal Studios ride? No, that's the Jurassic Park ride. That's what I mean. No, I'm talking about the the animated, the CG animated movie called Dinosaurs, or Dinosaur, or whatever. What if it, No, okay. I want to have a tag team where one of them at some point says, not the mama, and hits Luchasaurus with a frying pan. Oh my god. <laughs> yes, I can see Cole Cabana doing that. <laughs> that's, that's such a terrible idea. I could definitely see Cole Cabana doing that. Oh my god! Looking uh, forward to Mowgli and Baloo getting the tag belt. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. You could even put, like, the belts on the sex gods at some point, right? Yeah. It's just, it's gotta get away from the Young Bucks, and Mox and Kingston, I suppose, are the ones to do it. Yeah. And then that, like, can continue to heat up that, like, the Elite versus whatever Mox and Kingston's little group is called, the Wild Things. Wild Things coming out... To the original version of Wild Thing, it just didn't work. I like the one they used last week, though. I don't know who made it, but I'm going to point you towards the version by um, Lilac, because I think that's it. <laughs> it sounded like it. I'll pull it up so other people can listen. But, um, yeah, I'm just trying to think, like, who else would be the team to take it from the Young Bucks? And, like... You know, I think you get that salt of the earth team of Mox and Kingston. I thought you were going to MJF for a second there. No. Because you said salt of the earth. Well, MJF says he is, but he's not. That's the joke. I know. Mox and Kingston both had to, like, you know, claw their way not up. Not get arrested and do crack in a library. Those interviews that Mox did right after leaving WWE are nuts. Yeah, they are. <laughs> so, 
I think you might be right. Speaking of which, would you like to do our predictions? Yeah, Let, let's go through the rest of the card and get all the predictions. So we said... Okay. We've said Boston Serena Kingston. Deeb, so we're going to start from the top. Oh, we'll start the top, cool. Yep, Serena Deeb. Um, I think Kenny Omega retains. I think Kenny has to retain here, yep. I think Britt Baker. Definitely. She's worked way too hard over the past year to build herself up to not win tonight. I think Anthony Ogogo beats Cody Rhodes because Cody needs to have the shit kicked out of him again. It's been a while. Yeah. You're predicting Christian. Yep. That makes sense to me. So I'd love I'm to see Jungle Boy win, but I don't think so. I don't think so either. I think it's going to be Christian. Potentially, there's a small chance that it's like Max Caster or something like that. Because for some reason, AEW likes Max Caster. I love listening to Max Caster come out. I don't. I don't care for it. Um, I'm going to go with Hangman over Brian Cage. Mm-hmm. I think this is a good start to his climb back up to that uh, number one contendership. Miro over Lance Archer. Yep. Pinnacle over the Inner Circle. Yep. Scorpio and Egon over Sting and Darby. And then yep. Mox and Kingston over the Young Bucks. Yep. So if someone wants to write all those down and tweet it at us so you can hold us accountable. <laughs> or not. Um, this episode will come out after this pay-per-view airs, so you can listen to the podcast, find out how wrong we were. Yeah, that's entirely accurate. Because <laughs> I'm definitely not getting this all edited on Sunday. No. Even getting it edited on Monday's going to be a rough one. So do we want to anyway. talk about past Double or Nothings? Oh, you want to go back to 2019? Yeah, let's See start with started? 2019 double or nothing just to kind of go over like what we remember from it because this was aew's first show yeah there had been the all in pay-per-view that was not done under the all elite wrestling name but so this was the yeah, first official i think all in was still technically like produced by ring of honor ring of honor adjacent yeah, it was booked by the Elite, but it wasn't, like, their company that supported it, mm -hmm. so. Tony Khan, I think, did predominantly pay for it, but it was, like, booked through, like, the Ring of, Ta Ring of Honor, like, talent agents and stuff like that, too. Yeah. Like, they definitely leaned heavily on the established relationship between Ring of Honor and New Japan. Yeah, and a little bit into Triple A as well. Mm-hmm. Because they did have Penta on that card feeding on Omega. I wasn't um, Phoenix also on that card? In a six-man tag? Yeah. I believe so. Yeah, the Golden Elite of Kota Ibushi, Matt Jackson, Nick Jackson took on Bendito, Ray Phoenix, and Rey Mysterio. That's right, he wasn't back with WWE at the time. So you can get dream matches like that. Um, who did, who else did we, we had? Um, oh gosh, for Double or Nothing 2019. 
there were some oh strong hearts yeah we had we had the strong hearts show up there that was like a little working deal between their company and AEW trying to get a little more recognition O-W-E. of to get like more attention on Chinese wrestling yeah, we, they were taking on SoCal and Censors when they were still a team. <laughs> R.I.P. S.C.U. They've all, all three I'm, of them have gone their separate ways now. I'm glad your theme song will not be played again because I don't think it's good. <laughs> um, we got the first ever AEW singles match of Kip Sabian and Sammy Guevara mm-hmm. in an amazing match of two of my favorites. Aaron, you just like them because they're hot. And because they're good wrestlers. Sure. I actually go back and watch that match sometimes because it is that good. Mm-hmm. Um, we got Britt Baker versus Nyla Rose, Kylie Ray, and Awesome Kong. This is where they started teasing Nyla Rose and Awesome Kong doing something. Mm-hmm. But they never really got to it. Yeah. Because they had that Nightmare Collective thing going on for a little while. Mm-hmm. And then Awesome Kong left to go finish filming Glow. Yep. <laughs> and then Glow got cancelled. Yeah. Doesn't work out sometimes. Fucking Netflix, man. Yep. Uh, we got the best friends versus Angelico and Jack Evans, TH2. Yeah, I don't see a whole lot of TH2 on the main show anymore, but they do show up on the dark shows. So, like, a lot of that is down to, and Jack Evans has admitted this himself, that he lost his, he lost his, like, ring shape. He was out of shape. He was, like, struggling with wrestling and, like, yeah. you know, he was having some other issues going on alongside that and it's like you know him building him and Angelico building TH2 back up together after that fall is going to be a really good story when they're better and back to main card shape yep I really look forward to it I love watching them that said like there's some people who were like main card wrestlers in early AEW that I like wonder if they'll ever be main card wrestlers again because AEW's picked up a tremendous amount of, like, talent since yeah, then. Yeah, they, they picked up a lot of, like, veteran talent at the very start to really get running on. Mm-hmm. And then they've, like, moved a little bit further down the card like every Janella. season or so. Janela is the same way. Yep. Janela, I think he just prefers doing his, his other shows, so he shows up and does what he can, and... He looks like he's having fun in there still. Yeah. I Except mean, for he's... this past week where he left Sunny Kiss getting beaten. Yeah. In which case, the answer is throw the whole man out. Get rid of Joey <laughs> Janela. Sunny Kiss doesn't need him. Yep. Uh, we got... You're better than him, babe. A six-woman tag team match between a team of Hikaru Shida, Riho, and Ryo Mizunami. Versus Aja Kong, Emi Sakura, and Yuka Sakazaki. So now, this was, for a lot of people, their first introduction to watching Joshi. Yeah, I remember how weird it was for me, because I wasn't used to it. 
especially with uh, Yuga Sakazaki's music when it first hit. <laughs> it was so annoying that first time, and now I love it. <laughs> I get so happy every time I hear it. So, like, it was definitely, like, this, you know, to me it showed kind of... Paco, did you just knock something over? Probably. So we got, uh, then we had Cody versus Dustin. Uh, if I can go back real quick. Yeah, I'd yeah. I'd also like to point out that, uh, like, right now, Sheeta is the women's champion. And the other five women in this match were in the title tournament this past year. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So it's like it's it's not like they the that AW's forgotten them. Like they still show up and they still have an impact on everything. And this is also the show that Ryo Mizunami says inspired her to continue wrestling mm-hmm. when she was ready to just give it up and go get a day job somewhere. <laughs> you like our <laughs> third host? The best host. Hello, Taco. What are you looking forward to this weekend? Blood and guts. <laughs> Just like your mother. Um. So we had um. Cody and Dustin, which was, uh, just generally, genuinely an all-time classic. And they bled everywhere. Which really set the stage for Cody to just bleed every time he got in the ring. Regardless of what happens. <laughs> um, then you had the Young Bucks versus the Lucha Bros. Yeah, this was a was ladder for... match, right? I think it was just a regular tag match for the Triple A Tag okay. Team Championship. And then we had Jericho versus Omega. Yes, that was the winner got a title shot at All Out against Versus Adam Page. Adam Page, yep. And that's also where we got John Moxley showing up unannounced. Uh-huh. <laughs> John Moxley, who said, I'm retiring WWE, you don't need to give me a 90-day no-compete clause. And they did it. <laughs> John... And then never again. <laughs> John... <laughs> John Moxley ruined it on the way out for everyone else, but you know what? I respect it. I respect the game. I don't blame him. Okay, bye, Taco. I mean, when you hear about, like, that S.H.I.E.L.D. documentary they did... Oh, my God. Where he got paid, like, 500 bucks for the whole thing. 500 bucks is jobbers showing up for the night. Yeah. <laughs> Money to WWE. That's so... That, they did not deserve John Moxley. They don't deserve a lot of people they have. They certainly don't deserve Claudio Castagnoli. Nope. Or Ricochet. Do they have Ricochet? In it? Do they still have Ricochet? They, yeah, they still have Ricochet. On to him. Um, who else don't they deserve? Um, <laughs> Kevin I'm Owens. Go, Amy Zane. Yes, yes. I'm going to go ahead and say that anyone on the NXT roster is probably okay. Yeah, NXT, they seem to get some... Time NXT that they do to, stuff. NXT seems to be the better booked show. Yeah. Like, I don't feel bad for Adam Cole. He seems to be doing fine. Yep. 
Cedric Alexander, yeah. I don't feel bad for AJ Styles, because I just don't feel bad for AJ Styles. Walter. Oh, okay. I'm going to jump back real quick here. Yeah. So that NJPW WWE thing, mm -hmm. if that were to go through, I want to see Walter and Ishii. Okay, yeah, I get that. <laughs> that... That match would be devastating. <laughs> yeah. I just don't want there to be a similar consolidation to what happened to the British Indies. Yeah. Into NXT Nihon. Yeah, which they were planning to do a couple years ago before the pandemic hit. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to see what other countries have a lot of NXT MX. No. NXT Canada. NXT Australia. Australia has their own indie system going on. Yeah. It's pretty cool every time I look at it. They don't wear knee pads. That sounds Australian. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but yeah, no, like, I think this first. Double or nothing just really set the stage for, like, what AEW was going to be. Yeah, it set a huge standard that I know I was scared they couldn't live up to. I know some people as well were. Right. And then after this, we got, like, the one-off pay-per-views. That they did before they had Dynamite as a regular show. Yeah, so it it was kind of a confusing message there for a bit until they got into Dynamite and put on their product weekly. Yeah, no, and like when you're only doing pay-per-views, you have to do multiple pay-per-views, right? Like, mm -hmm. that's fine. I bought every one of them, so I can't really complain. I know, about we, we watched all of them. Yep. Uh, so yeah, no, I think that this would double or nothing kind of holds that place as this pay-per-view event that kind of, like, in essence, is the kickoff to AEW's, like, yeah, story it, it's, year. It's the marquee event. It's where, you, it's where you get that running start for the rest of the year. Because, like, Revolution feels very end of the season, kind of. Yeah, I definitely get what you're saying there. And maybe that's just because of the way that, because what was the, the 2020 revolution was the second one or the first one? That was the first revolution. Yes. And then everything shut down. So maybe that's why it feels so much like a season finale. <laughs> maybe. And then, you know, they puttered along until they got to double or nothing. And then they had an idea of what they're doing. Revolution happened on February 29th. And we were both working from home two or three weeks later. Yeah. I re fucking... I remember using the washroom at work and, like, figuring out what songs worked as Wash Your Hands to This Song songs. We had one up for uh, Dr. Zayas. Oh, uh, see, my go-to was uh, Barrett's Privateers. Yeah, no, that's a good one, too. 
I find it easier just to count the seconds. So, yeah, no, like, I'm just, like, going back through Double or Nothing 2020, this was where I think they kind of hit their stride. Yeah. It's... It's where they showed that they're not going to be slowed down, and they can actually work through and around anything, and not have it be a clusterfuck. Right. This was also like... around this time WWE was getting their first COVID cases <laughs> that they didn't tell anyone about. Yeah. This was kind of... It, it, it very much felt like it was a sign that AEW was going to be okay through like all of the lockdown and everything like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, like... We it, it, the COVID nineteen has its whole has a whole section on the Wikipedia page. Yeah, it's like that for every show that's been going on for the past year. <laughs> so okay, who did we have in this match or in these matches? Well, we started off on the pre-show with best friends taking on private party for the number one contendership. Yep. Now, this one was kind of... It didn't hit quite right. Because this was the very start of the show. Like, the first one that came out after the couple months of struggling. Mm -hmm. But they did catch their footing about halfway through, and they put on a great match. They did, yeah. No, it was fun. Like, it's, it's probably not the most memorable match on the card, but that's hard to do, given the rest of the fucking card. Yeah, no... <laughs> If you're not remembering the pre-show, it's completely forgivable. I mean, like, we had... We had the casino ladder match. Yeah, this is where they introduced Brian, Brian Cage. Cage. Um, that's what we And that was, like, Darby Allen, Colt Cabana, Orange Cassidy, Janela, Scorpio Sky, Kip Sabian, Frankie Kazarian, and Luchasaurus. A much smaller roster than what we've had now. This is the latter match, not the Battle Royale. Oh, I, there oh wasn't God, a Battle Royale on this one? No, there wasn't. So, like, it's kind of the same vibe, but still, it, it's a much smaller spectacle match mm -hmm. than the Battle Royale they're putting on now. Yes. Um, MJF beating Jungle Boy was, again, it was a great match, but yeah, no, it was a good match. It was, like, I mean, like, all of these matches were pretty solid, except the, like, kind of tacked-on second women's match, tacked-on um, Dustin versus Sean Spears. Yeah, the, the, it didn't really need to be there. I haven't really watched, like, a ton of The Pinnacle. Do they still try to abbreviate Sean Spears' name or no? No, they've stopped doing that. They, like, Baruch Hashem, because that was really fucking bad. <laughs> oh, yeah, once you pointed that out, it was real uncomfortable, because I didn't notice it at first. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, no, SS, Sean Spears, oh. <laughs> yup. Um, so, yeah, you have, um, you have Cody versus Lance Archer in the tournament final for the uh, TNT Championship. 
That was one that I really wanted Sammy to win. Because I know, Aaron. <laughs> but we knew it was going to Cody. We did. And he actually did a really good job with it. Yeah, no, I think Cody's run with the title solidified the title as a legitimate title. And yep. it gave opportunities to people who might not have otherwise gotten on to TV. I mean, like, we got Warhorse on AEW. Yeah, we did. That. that was awesome. And it's like, not even those matches where people came in, like, we got Kingston hired from it. Yeah. Um, Starks was hired from his match. There was a lot of, like, I mean, like, it was a good exhibition, and, like, you got, it's, I assume they probably threw Warhorse the contract offer, and he's Warhorse, he said no. I never heard anything like that, so I can't say. It's probably that they just NDA, like, they have an NDA about it, and, yeah. they, like, Warhorse is a professional, but, like, you know, I, he, he seems like one of those guys who wants to be on the indies. Someday we'll have Warhorse on, and we'll ask those tough questions. Would you break your NDA right now? <laughs> uh, we had Sheeta versus Nyla Rose in the no DQ, no counter women's world championship match. This was I found my kendo stick, bitch. Yep. <laughs> oh, that An was all time classic moment of the COVID era. I remember us sitting there at the end of it when they were like starting to go home on it, and we're both like I'm not ready for Nala's reign to be done here. Yeah, it was, but like at the same time, it was also a good shot for Sheeta. Yep. Um, then we had Mox versus Mr. Brody Lee. Where they went through the entrance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was... That was a hell of a match, and it also really set up Brody Lee's TNT title win. Absolutely. Where he couldn't quite go hard enough on John Moxley, but he could on Cody. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then we had the first annual, apparently, Stadium Stampede match. <laughs> um, honestly, one of my all-time favorite matches. Oh, yeah. Like, even if... The style of match, the cinematic style, with pretty heavy comedy bits in there. If that's not your thing, the timing of the match is exactly what everybody in the world needed. It, yes. So the, the first Stadium Stampede holds a very special place for being, like, that match that came at exactly the right time. Yeah. To say, like... Yes, everything is going to shit right now, but we can still make good things. For the next half hour, you don't got to think about it. Exactly, at least. it's it's that like ability to just take half hour to let go. Yeah, and some of the promos leading up to this were just amazing. But, like that first night that uh, Matt Hardy showed up. Yes, teleporting around the empty arena. Um. Yes, that was when he was still broken, Matt. Yeah. Instead of unified dickhole Matt. Broken Matt Hardy just didn't work with the AEW product, so he changed it up. Because he's Matt Hardy, and that's and what he, he does. You know, I, like, I, I mean, like, I have no problem with what Matt Hardy did. Oh, yeah. It's fine. I liked it. 
you know, like, I, I still like Big Money Matt. He's just also a dick, and that's his character. I like seeing him get punched in the face. Yes. <laughs> Obviously, we like Matt Hardy. Otherwise, we would not have done Everyone is Matt Hardy. Yes, definitely. <laughs> um, that one got wild. I was there, and I can't believe half the stuff we did on that. <laughs> I know! <laughs> oh my god, okay. Um, was there anything else you wanted to talk about before we take our break so I can eat my fucking dinner? Yeah, and I just smoke got a my quick, gamer green. I've just got a quick uh, recommendation. I'm actually taking your recommendation here. Oh? What yeah. do I recommend? We're going to see Colt Cabana versus Toruyano. Oh, yes, I love that match. An absolutely hilarious match by two people who just get comedy wrestling. And That's... get two different forms of it. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of Toruyano, Toruyano is still my pick to take back the New Japan uh, US Championship yep. from Mox. Yep. Because he's the only person that Mox is afraid of in the entire world. <laughs> I don't blame him, really. It's the, it's that image of Mox just kneeling, like, <laughs> in the ring. But, like... So good. You're gonna go find it right now, aren't you? Yeah, I am. <laughs> it's just... It's, it's this one. It's this meme. I'm gonna copy... Uh... Let me get the paste in chat or show it on stream. I'm gonna paste it in chat. Okay. This one. <laughs> oh god. I should go back and find that match. So yes, I like Toriano is the best. Um do we have anything else we wanted to talk about before we go offline so you don't hear gross eating sounds? Nope. Okay. Uh, we will be back in an hour and 15 minutes for AEW Dynamite while we figure out the technical parts of how to get this set up so you don't hear AEW. While and we that will get us in trouble. Yeah. So, uh... Emma, are you learning Arabic? Okay, I gotta go deal with my wife learning Arabic now. Oh, I'll I kind of want to learn Arabic, actually. I, I know you do. You can at least learn Hebrew so it's useful. Okay, fine. <laughs> anyway, bye for now. Marking Out With My Girlfriend is a production of Sosa's Media. Check us out at soses.ca. Music has been provided by Sounds Like an Earful. I'm a mess. Emma's a mess. I'm a mess. Aaron's put together. <laughs> Erica is still at work. As yeah. a <laughs> danger square we form one functioning adult. <laughs>
No, we don't. No, we don't. The assorted beanie square. At least not for a full day. Yeah, no, no, no one of us works uh, works as an adult for a full day. Oh, In combination, goodness. I think we put together twenty four hours of functionality. <laughs> but it's like broken up into two hour chunks. Mm-hmm. Except for the overnight, that's usually Emma. Mm-hmm. 